is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, welcome to the show. Week one, man. Week one was crazy. Lamar Jackson threw five touchdown passes today. He threw five touchdown passes in seven starts last season. Marcus Mariota threw three touchdown passes on Sunday. He did not do that once in 2018. Jamison Crowder had 14 catches against the Bills. He did not have more than five catches in any game last season. How about Kirk Cousins? He threw 10 passes today and still scored more fantasy points than Jared Goff and Cam Newton. The 49ers intercepted three passes, and they did that twice. They had two interceptions all of last season. That's amazing. And how about John Ross? 210 receiving yards in 2018, 158 today on Sunday. Yes, we are recording on Sunday night. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. If you're listening Monday morning, let's let's get this week started on the right foot here. Let's answer some fun fantasy questions. I'm Adam Azer. What's up, Dave Richard? What's going on, Double A? A lot, a lot. Jamie, what's going on with you? I wish the start of the week was good this week. I don't even know who it was. Lamar Jackson? Yeah, thanks for reading. Appreciate it. <laughs> I knew it. I'm sorry. Was, please tell me it was Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to tell you anything. Heath, who was Jamie's start of the week? I have no idea. I didn't read it either. Uh, <laughs> but hey, Adam. Hey, Heath. All right, well, I hope it was Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go to the website. and, and comp- It was Lamar Jackson. Boo! How many booms did you let out today, Jamie? Just one. Just one. Oh, I heard two. I heard a minute. I heard at least two. four. <laughs> All right, congratulations. Vic- victory lap there. All right, so I got some big questions for you. Then we'll get into winners and losers. We'll talk about every game. We got the worryometer. We got injury updates. Tyreek Hill, Tevin Coleman, Joe Mixon, Mike Williams. Um, so first big question. Offensively, offensively, how good are the Ravens, Heath? We have no idea. Like it, it was very encouraging to see what happened. It was nice to see them show off their two new rookie wide receivers. Lamar Jackson made some throws that he quite frankly did not make last year. That's all fantastic. You don't learn a lot against the Miami Dolphins, and I'm not sure we're going to learn a lot against the Arizona Cardinals, but I want no one thing for sure. You're starting your Ravens next week. <laughs> what, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, he he was amazing, but he had clean pockets pretty much all game long. And Marquise Brown, man, just a little bit of room. That's all he needs, and, and a well-placed football, and he's off to the races. He's he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Jackson was amazing in this game, and I don't think it's just going to be Arizona. I think at Kansas City and then Cleveland at home the week after that, I think the first four games, Lamar Jackson could be really, really good. So, Jamie, Marquise Brown is owned in 29% of leagues. How owned should he be on Wednesday? Oh, he'll be, uh, my guess is somewhere close to 70%, um, probably by Thursday after the two days of waivers running. But, you know, it's going to depend on some of these running back injuries. But, you know, you have Tyree Kill out for several weeks. You know, the A.J. Green owner is still probably looking for a replacement. You know, um, I, I think he's uh, he's going to be one of, if not the most added player on CBSports.com. I mean, I the get- weirdest thing about the whole situation, the weirdest thing is Marquise Brown played 12 snaps today. Really? What? <laughs> no, I didn't well, Miles Boykin played 18 snaps. Uh, no. I mean, that's great. I, I look. Well, I mean, they had big plays, so they were scoring from, you know, 
the time of possession wasn't what it was by comparison to what the score would indicate. They, they had the ball for the ball 40 minutes. Like that, they always do. 40 minutes. They had more than 40 minutes of possession in this game. The Dolphins but you would, you would think that they were running a lot of plays in those 40 minutes. You know, like passing plays, given the amount of yards those guys have. They're all big plays. All, a lot of big plays, absolutely. Um, all right, so Marquise Goodwin, big day for him. And I guess, you know... Are we talking about the Ravens? Lamar Jackson specifically, just to wrap it up. Are we talking about him in a sell-high context? Not yet. You nope. can't do it. I mean, look, you could do it, but why would you do it when he's about to take on the Cardinals at home? Arizona's flying across the country. It's They, they didn't look great against Matthew Stafford in a, in a tie against the Lions. I think he could have... It's going to be a tougher matchup, but not that much. Every matchup's going to be tougher than Miami. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be another top 10 fantasy quarterback next week. He plays a position that is very, very wealthy with talent. So if you have another good quarterback on your roster, you absolutely sell high on him. All right, okay. And the Jameis Winston owner? The will, Baker Mayfield owner. There are a lot of quarterbacks. They will gladly make a deal with you sure. at this point. All right, cool. Next Might question. even overpay. Who are you most concerned about after one Sunday of football? Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield. Baker's a pretty big one. Basically, the whole Browns offense. Really? Yeah. I'll I'll go with I'll go with Todd Gurley. Um, just because whoever has Todd Gurley probably paid a second round price for him, and he didn't have second round usage in this game. Well, yeah, but he had second round production. He he had second round production, and he really started to turn it on in the fourth quarter. He had a great run in the third quarter, twenty five yard run, and I believe he had sixty four rushing yards in the fourth quarter. So maybe he just needed a little bit of time to knock the rust off and and certainly time to actually get in the game. He didn't play uh, as much as we thought, or at least as much as we hoped, in the first half of the game, and Malcolm Brown was playing inside the 10-yard line. It was a little strange, but Gurley ended up being well, pretty good. I just don't know how strange it was. We like we, we had these two narratives competing, and he got 15 touches in the game, and it looked like they were trying to protect him, which is what one of the narratives was. It wasn't just I don't know. that. If you get 100 though. total yards on a right. basis, averaging seven yards per carry, the touchdowns will come and the production is going to be fine. If you give me a minute, I'll tell you exactly how many red zone snaps he had today. Stop right there with the red zone stuff because it was Malcolm Brown who got two goal line carry, two goal line touchdowns. Like that's so annoying. I could deal with him splitting carries if I knew, and I thought all along that was the whole point of drafting Todd Gurley. Like, sure, his work's not going to be the same, but he's going to get so many touchdowns. Well, he's down two yeah. nothing in touchdowns to Malcolm Brown at this point, and also Daryl Henderson was in there. Henderson only had one carry, but it was at like the one yard line. So that was the the really concerning thing. I I feel like that's fluky. I also feel like Sean McVay has been lying to us about Todd Gurley <laughs> since January. That's very uh, since no since like December. Uh, that's obvious at this point. They're not going to be honest about Todd Gurley, so I can't listen to a damn thing they say. I'd be more worried if he didn't play so well, but it's really it's the two touchdowns from Malcolm Brown that really bother me. Like they, I'm actually pissed off about it. Um, you, you sound pissed off. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's I'm, ridiculous. I'm going to hate to tell you this, but Gurley only had four red zone snaps. Only one was inside the 10. None of them were inside the five. Brown had six, and including his first two snaps of the game, at the Carolina 10 and the Carolina 5. I don't know what to make of it. I, I mean, I feel like next week it could be a completely different story, and it's Gurley getting the touchdowns. Maybe I don't want to react yet. And He's see how playing the Saints out. next week. It could be much harder. I mean, yeah. That's at be. home. Maybe I don't know if it'll be that much harder, I guess. All I'm right. You're getting them on a, on a short week. They may be tired. Yeah. Uh, next question. How good is Deshaun Jackson? How good is Carson Wentz? <laughs> Wentz is good. I mean, that's 
Deshaun was okay all along, but it's Wentz that's going to make him just an absolute freak. Well, is he though? I mean, well, eight, uh, eight catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns today, a 51 yard touchdown catch. I mean, a 53 yard touchdown catch. He's not going to do that every single week. It's but. the same thing, almost identical to what he did last year, week one. So tell yeah, me what I, you I think about Yeah, I was the uh, Deshaun Doubter. But my, my biggest concern was volume. He led the team in targets in, with 10 in this game. I don't think that's going to continue. But I will say that Deshaun Jackson is good enough that if he gets 10 targets a game, he's going to be a number one wide receiver. Okay. Are you- I just think you know, I, I think you know what he is. It's what he's been all along. He's a boomer bust type of guy. He's going to put out stat lines that are half as good as what he did today. And he's also going to have games where he catches three passes for 40 yards. It's the nature of the beast with him. But at least he's got a darn good quarterback now. He doesn't have Jameis Winston missing him all over the place like he did the last two years. Okay. Uh, One player who opened your eyes today. One player who opened your eyes. Jamie, how about you? Uh, Marlon Mack, I was impressed. Uh, I like what I saw from him. Um, not that I was expecting him to be terrible without Andrew Luck there, because I, I think I was one of the few people to still say you can start him and, and still draft him as a number two running back. But he looked awesome. Um, you know the uh, the performance that he had against the Chargers run defense that was good. I was I was thoroughly pleased to see him do that. Twenty five carries, one hundred seventy four yards, and a touchdown. He had a sixty three yard run. He had a two-point conversion, and Marlon Mack was started in only 63% of CBS Sports Leagues. Dave, who opened your eyes today? Austin Eckler did. I I was really impressed with how he did, and it wasn't just on the ground. He had 58 yards on 12 carries against a defense that we think is pretty decent in the Colts. He also had 96 yards on six catches and two more touchdowns. Lots of involvement, and he looked great. Okay. Melvin who? <laughs> and uh, the Colts were very bad against pass catching running backs last year. That continued today. Heath, who opened your eyes? I'm going to go with Terry McLaren. I was, uh, he came out of nowhere. I mean, there were a lot of good rookies this week, and we'll talk about some of them in winners and losers. But uh, this is a team that we figure is going to be down quite a bit. He's already looks to have a connection with Keenum, showed good speed getting behind the defense. I think was tied for the most targets amongst wide receivers on the team. So I'm excited about him moving forward. There's no number one wide receiver in Washington. He can grab a hold of that job. All right. Marlon Mack, Austin Eckler, Terry McLaren. And I'm going to say TJ Hawkinson. That guy could win. I, he, I'm excited. I'm very excited about TJ Hawkinson. He looks really good. All right. One performance you are not buying. A big performance today that you are not buying. Can we, can we say Kyler Murray in his debut tie against the Lions? Of course. He put it together down the stretch. Um, I don't know. Maybe the Lions were just tired in that game. But he he looked really bad. The whole offense in general looked out of sync. I know he finished with great y- numbers, 308 yards, two touchdowns. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's going to be that good. Can I go in the same game? Yeah. Danny Amendola? <laughs> okay, yeah. Good play. Got he was at 104 yards good. Yeah, he was fantastic, but... Uh, I can't imagine that's going to be the norm moving forward. Could you see him getting seven or eight targets per week? Sure. I hope it's, not. But Yeah, I, I think he can get kind of into that Golden Tate-ish role out of the slot. He'll probably get hurt, though. That's just his track record. That's true. But for now, while he's healthy, you could ride him and have, give him a safe floor in PPR. 13 targets for Danny Amendola. How about that? Hawkinson had nine. Galladay had nine. Marvin Jones only had four. Galladay had a bad game for nine targets, four catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown. And Jones uh, Jones had two of those targets in overtime. And Heath, how about you? Who uh, Who's a player that you're not buying, a performance you're not buying from today? 
I guess I'll go with DJ Chark. I mean, it was a good matchup against a bad Chiefs secondary. He caught a couple of long passes. I don't really think that's going to continue with their current quarterback situation. Does anybody buy John Ross? No. No. It's hard to. Yeah. But, you know, look, he, he scored a lot of touchdowns last year when A.J. Green was out, and he played great again with A.J. Green out. So we'll see what he does again next week. Okay. Good matchup against the 49ers. 158 yards and two touchdowns for John Ross. All right, today's sponsors are FanDuel, fanduel.com slash FFT. I can't believe I didn't cash in my tournament. I had some pretty good players. I had uh, Mar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey. I couldn't have missed by that much, but I did win a 50-50 with the same lineup, so that was good. FanDuel.com slash FFT. You get a $5 bonus every week for four weeks if you sign up and make a $20 deposit. Uh, ZipRecruiter. As our other sponsor, ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. If you need to hire someone, this is the best way to do it, ZipRecruiter. Dr. David Chow, Pro Football Doc on Twitter. He actually wrote about Tyreek Hill and said he wouldn't be surprised if uh, Tyreek Hill was placed on IR, designated to return. We're going to speak to Dr. Chow tomorrow on our bonus Monday episode, which will drop probably around 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern time. So, you know, we'll have some time to kind of read some, some news. It won't be a morning show or anything like that. It'll be a, for your afternoon commute, and it'll be a quicker show. So Dr. Chow is coming on. Uh, Will Brinson and Chris Towers are joining me as well. And if you want more podcasts, cbssports.com slash podcasts, podcasts, or singular or plural, either one, cbssports.com slash podcasts, uh, get a full list of all of our shows and ways to subscribe. Week one, Sunday was a great day for rookies, all right, especially ones with initials in their names. You had Marquise Brown. You also had A.J. Brown get 100 yards. You had D.K. Metcalf lead the Seahawks in receiving. You had TJ Hawkinson, who was awesome. Terry McLaurin, as Heath mentioned. Devin Singletary, I think, was a big winner, in my opinion. Uh, Miles Sanders did not have the same success as these other rookies, but it was, a, it was a fun day for rookies. It's pretty exciting what they could bring to the table. Let's do winners and losers after we uh, go over the big news. So Tyreek Hill is going to miss a few weeks. Could be a, could be a while. He has a strange uh, shoulder collarbone injury that Dr. Chow will explain tomorrow. Sammy Watkins obviously stands to benefit. What do you think about Patrick Mahomes? Because I know when we thought that Tyreek Hill might not play for the Chiefs anymore, you know, during the offseason, we were downgrading Patrick Mahomes. If we weren't moving him down to number two, you know, maybe he was still number one quarterback, but he wasn't as high as we would have had him, you know, with Tyreek Hill. So what do you think about Mahomes right now, Dave? Well, he just went into Jacksonville and threw for 378 yards and three touchdowns, playing most of the game without Tyreek Hill. I think he's going to be okay. <laughs> are, are you downgrading him, though, without Tyreek no. Hill? No. No. Okay. He's still a top three fantasy quarterback, if not top one. Is he's there, on pace for 6,000 passing yards. <laughs> is there anyone who picks up the slack without Tyreek Hill? Sammy Watkins is the top yeah, I mean, receiver as long as he stays healthy. Anyone else? It, 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 it's hard to say that it's going to be either Demarcus Robinson or Michael Hardman as the one that benefits the most until we see it, you know, because this was all Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey and then, you know, Damian Williams as the really the third option out of the backfield. So maybe they use him more in a receiving role and LaShawn McCoy takes over more of a rushing downs role because McCoy looked really good today. And so, you know, I, I think he just kind of – Congratulate yourself if you took a chance on Sammy Watkins with a mid-round pick uh, as he continued to fall with Tyreek Hill's return. And then you're going to benefit with Travis Kelsey, who had a good game, just not a great fantasy game today. If you care about snap counts, Hardman had 51 snaps after Tyreek Hill left the game. 
Robinson just seems to be locked into the role as the number three guy. He had 37 snaps after the injury to Tyreek Hill, and he had nine before. Those are numbers according to PFF. I, I don't. I, I can't. I can't buy into either Robinson or Hardman as being valuable for fantasy for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, they combined for one catch, two catches for three yards on three targets. So, <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Darwin no, Thompson. They combined they, for one catch. Yeah, one catch no for yards. no yards on three targets. Sure. Great job. Mm-hmm. Um, Tevin Coleman left with an That'll ankle change, injury. That'll change, though. That'll change. And Joe Mixon left with an ankle injury. So Coleman and Mixon both out. Obviously, Giovanni Bernard would be a must-own if, uh, if Joe Mixon's out for any time. Tevin Coleman left and Raheem Mostert stepped in. So Tuesday's our waiver wire show, but obviously Brita gets a boost, Mostert gets a boost, and we'll talk about it on Tuesday. Honestly, we don't. Does anybody know the severity for Tevin Coleman and Joe Mixon? Nope. I don't believe that there's been a report. Okay, but leaving the game and not returning is not good. Nick Foles broke his collarbone, and Heath, how excited are you now about D.D. Westbrook? He did catch a touchdown. I mean, I think it's pretty pathetic for, by the, that the Chiefs let Gardner Minshew go twenty-two for twenty-five with a 122.5 passer rating. But how do you feel now about D.D. Westbrook without Nick Foles for a long time? I feel like the Chiefs defense is still really bad. And I'm less interested in D.D. Westbrook than I was before Nick Foles went down for sure. Westbrook is now more of a uh, mid-range number three wide receiver for me. Mm, Very disappointing. Glad he scored a touchdown, though. Five catches, 30 yards, and a touchdown fourth leading receiver on the team. We were hoping for a little better there. Oh, Antonio Brown's on New England. We have differing opinions on that. Dave's, Dave said second round value on Brown. Jamie says fourth round value. Heath, where are you on? Third round, third round, third round. Well, you said fourth yesterday. Yeah, after I went back and looked at like where I would have him slotted in, it's like late third. Okay, late third in a like 12-team I, league. Nobody's drafting anymore. So yeah, I'm but, just going to say if you drafted Antonio Brown, sell him. If you did not draft him, do not buy him. Agree a thousand percent. Yeah, if you're, if you're, nervous, if you're nervous about him doing something stupid, this is the perfect time to sell high. Well, it's also his production. I don't think he's going to be as productive. Oh, I think he can be very productive in this Patriots offense. He's not, the best not, receiver Tom Brady's Not to the level of what people are anticipating. Well, okay. So That's what are people anticipating? Based on what you said, a first-round player. No, I didn't say second-round player. player. I said what? a second-round second round. Oh, which is still pretty me, good. Me, I apologize. Listen, I apologize. it's still, look, it's still high. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be as good as he was in Pittsburgh. A number one receiver. I think he'll be better than what he would have been if he were in Oakland. I think that, that may, that may I think be true. I think he can beat 1,208. That may be true. I'll take the under by leaps and bounds. I think you're going to see a guy that's going to struggle for targets. You know, just in the offense that he's in where Josh Gordon, you know, scored a touchdown tonight. Julian Edelman's going to get his targets as well in an offense that's going to feature all three guys to a certain extent. And, you know, for what it's worth, if you want to buy into, you know, other people's opinion, Pete Pisco thinks that Josh Gordon may end up being their best receiver. It could it could conceivably happen. I, I don't agree with that, but I think Brown's the best guy. It's just a matter of how good will he be in comparison in this offense to what he would have been as the clear-cut number one guy without question in the Oakland offense. And yes, the targets will be better because it's a better quarterback, but you know, will they feature him to the same level? I don't think so. Heath, you're the only one who hasn't really opined on this podcast. Dave and I did a bonus episode on Saturday. What do you think? I'm just scared to death. Um, I don't know. Like, it's very possible that what Antonio Brown did when we thought he was having some problems, he was just an evil genius and doing exactly what he wanted to do to get out of Oakland and get to New England. That doesn't make me feel better about what he's going to do over the next month. Because I don't know what he's going to decide that he wants. So you're more... And you're more. I think what Jamie said... Yeah, I'm sorry. I cut Furthermore, I think what Jamie said is mostly right. That I don't think he will get the same target share that he did in Pittsburgh. I don't think he'll get as many targets as he would have in Oakland. 
as long as Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, Antonio Brown, and James White are there, it's going to be hard for anybody to get more than 120 targets. And the Patriots don't really have a history of targeting any one receiver that much. That's true. And That's what their offense last is. year. And last year, we saw him decline in terms of his yards per target and his efficiency. If there's, And I think Pete would support that. There's a little bit possibly of a decline there from his skill over the last couple of years. So I just don't want any part of him. I'm selling. Okay. Melvin Gordon's holdout could extend until the end of November, according to Adam Schefter. And Jason Lockenfora also reported that the holdout could last well into the season. But then Ian Rappaport says Melvin Gordon is expected to report sometime between week six and week eight. That's a big, big difference. And also, very important, you have to keep this in mind. If there's an injury to a key running back, like there already is maybe in San Francisco, we'll get a Tevin Coleman update in a second, Like that could speed up the timetable if a team gets def- desperate and wants Melvin Gordon. So based on the reports that came out today, Dave, when, when do you think Tevin, uh, Melvin Gordon will come back? I have absolutely no idea, and that's the reason why I'm hesitant to recommend trading for him unless it's super dirt cheap. If you drafted him, just keep him on your bench and just wait until something happens. What's the Tevin Coleman update? Uh, according to The Athletic, he isn't scheduled for an MRI until the team gets to Youngstown, Ohio, where I believe they are setting up shop this week. Um, the team, according to the report, the team seems concerned about his availability, but for whatever it's worth, he ran off the field at halftime, so it doesn't appear his ankle injury is severe. Okay. Hope not, because he looked, he did pretty well, and he caught three passes, which was nice. All right, we got winners. We got losers. Oh, by the way, Mike Williams, knee injury. And Dante Pettis played two snaps. Two snaps. So we got to talk about that, partially because of yes. the injury, but partially because they're trying to make him prove something. I don't know. We'll take a break on Fantasy Football Today. Winners, losers, and a recap of every game when we come back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Well, we've talked a lot, actually, about some of these winners and losers. Uh, Marlon Mack and Austin Eckler are Jamie's winners. Jamie, anything you want to add? Uh, well, uh, you know, Mack, again, was 24 carries. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I gave him earlier. Great game for him. Eckler, uh, yeah, I, I mean, what do you make of it with him? He had six catches. He had a receiving touchdown. He led the team in carries. How good do you think he's going to be while Gordon's out? Fantastic. You know, just stay healthy. You know, I, I think, you know, you see a guy that, uh, you know, nearly five yards per carry, uh, like you said, led them in, in carries. Um, not that it was uh, a huge number, but 12. Um, but Justin Jackson also ran well, you know, six for 57, ripped off a 24-yard run. Um, but Eckler is going to be the one involved in the pass game. It's the same thing that we thought all along, that their, their carries could be a little closer than I think a lot of people would like. Uh, not that a six-carry difference is bad, but uh, Eckler will be the one dominating passing down situations, and he was exceptional today. All right, Heath, your winners are TJ Hawkinson and LaShawn McCoy. So it, where would Hawkinson be in your rest-of-season tight end rankings after 100-plus yards today at Arizona? I'm thinking eight, probably. I, I had a lot of hesitancy early, and I saw a little bit in the spring, and they were kind of talking him up and saying he was going to be a big part of the offense. And it wasn't like it was a combination of things today. First off, the number of targets he got, nine, I believe, 
shows his involvement in the office. Second, he looks really good when the ball comes his way. He does not look like a rookie tight end out there. And I'm just ready to throw the rookie tight end stuff out the business, out the window. He doesn't look like a rookie tight end. I'm not going to treat him like one anymore. Yeah. And, and obviously he's, he's an amazing tight end prospect. Six catches, 131 yards and a touchdown. Um, you'd still take Hunter Henry over him. Yes. Okay. And we'll see how Jared Cook does uh, on Monday night. So what about uh, LaShawn McCoy? Your thoughts on McCoy? Well, first off, to get 11 touches in his first game with the team, I thought was very encouraging. And then to pick up average eight yards per carry doesn't hurt anything either. Um, I would be concerned if I drafted Damian Williams in the third round because running the ball, LaShawn McCoy looked better. I'm not so sure that it doesn't make sense for as long as Tyreek's out to shift Williams into more of a pass-catching role and give McCoy a little bit more work in the running game. And the, the biggest thing was it's just amazing how going from Buffalo to Kansas City can make you look like a good running back again because he looked like LaShawn McCoy. 20 yeah. snaps in the game, that's it. So there's there's actually room for him to improve. Yeah. If this was a preseason game and we were still drafting, there would be no discrepancy about who you're taking first. You take McCoy first? You have to. Yes. Well, but but Damian Williams had six catches. LaShawn McCoy had one. So uh, so that's that matters. And McCoy and, and Damian Williams had a one yard touchdown run. They both got work, you know, inside the ten. But Damian Williams had three more carries and five more catches. So McCoy had a in the better first game. game though. In, in right. the first game, McCoy been on the team game, for four days. And Williams averaged two yards per carry. And yeah, but it's he one actually game. needed a couple runs late to even Why get PC that high. for life. Why He'd have like one yard per carry and through if, like his first if, again. Carries. If this was if this was a preseason game and they had acquired Lashawn McCoy at the start of training camp, and you saw this after just one performance, knowing what Damian Williams did last year, but also factoring in money spent on McCoy, history with it's Andy Reid. It's really not that much money. It's three million dollars. It could be four million dollars. But a it's one more. Year it's just it, it it doesn't matter. It's more. It, it, it's the investment in LaShawn McCoy on a one year basis is more. I agree with you. It's not a lot of money, and and I'm not usually one that chases money situations. But still, it's still more money than what they gave the guy that they invested in last year. But it's also the history. I mean, this is a guy that he knows and he trusts, and he's talked about that. Wait a minute. Didn't Antonio Brown get fifteen million for one year from the Patriots? So why isn't he considered a? a hero like LaShawn McCoy is a hero yeah a fantasy we're hero. taking him a lot earlier than McCoy we're talking about we're talking about the money being the reason why these guys are going to be good in fantasy well I mean they had to acquire Antonio Brown they didn't have to acquire Antonio well they Brown. did they, I mean, they made this whole thing happen to get Antonio Brown well yeah sure but they wanted to get Antonio Brown yeah he also pissed away 15 million dollars for now all right, LaShawn so, McCoy pissed away $2 million by getting cut out of Buffalo. Okay. Look, I think, I think, look, I'm not going to go back to Antonio Brown on this. I think LaShawn McCoy has proven that he can certainly hack it in this offense. And I think more opportunities are coming. If you've got Damian Williams, make the move to get LaShawn McCoy. And if you've got LaShawn McCoy and you don't really like your running backs otherwise, maybe you make the move to get Damian Williams and buy low on him. Could it be a situation? So then you've got the backfield locked up. But why? Because are you sure that LaShawn McCoy is going to play 16 games? Are you sure he's going to average 8.1 yards per carry? No, but I don't know if I want to go acquire the what could be the backup. Well, you wouldn't have to pay what... But the owner of Damian Williams isn't going to give him away. He might. He might be discouraged by what he saw in this game. We Look, everybody saw LaShawn McCoy look good, including Andy Reid. It's probably not going to end well for Damian Williams. Well, I hate but to say it because I love it, the guy. Couldn't it be a James White, Sony Michelle situation? Sure. It could be. Have we seen that frequently from Andy Reid? 
No, but we have a We've different We've seen him use two now. running backs, but not like evenly. All right, we got to move on here. Dave, who are your two winners? My two winners are Derrick Henry and John Brown. Oh, Derrick Henry. Oh, man. I, I'm, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I was telling people to sit him. I really thought the Browns' defense was going to play a lot better than they did. And not only did he run for 84 yards and a touchdown, he caused a, a short pass and took it to the house. It was flashes to the end of last season. Now, I don't think he's going to catch many passes, and it's kind of a fluke how that happened, but Tennessee was able to stay competitive in the game, and they rode Derrick Henry, and it's part of their formula for success. Who would you guys rather have, Derrick Henry or Damian Williams? Henry. I think I'd rather have Henry. Man. Uh, Heath? I, I gave the Heath side. That's yeah, answer enough. <laughs> All right, it was a one catch for 75 yards and a touchdown, plus 19 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. Completely dominated touch, uh, touches. Deion Lewis had three carries and uh, three catches. And then John Brown, over 100 yards for the Bills. So that was nice to see. I, I sat Sammy Ten Watkins. Targets. I, I sat Sammy Watkins for John Brown, and you know, I felt like an idiot, but then he had a good game. So I, I, I'm willing to live with it because Brown came through. So he's the, He's their number one receiver. He actually got off to a pretty decent start before he went off for a, almost a 40-yard touchdown. And I think he's just going to continue to get decent targets week in and week out. Seven catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown for John Brown. And a big come-from-behind victory for the Buffalo Bills, the Jets. They get the, And they get the awful. Giants next week. Oh, my gosh. The Giants could, ha- could give up the most fantasy points to wide receivers and go. quarterbacks this year. They are really bad. Defending the pass. I got a bonus winner for you, everybody. Ronald Jones. It's going to happen. He's going to take over. He's so much better than Peyton Barber. Ronald Jones had a good game. He looked great. 13 carries, 75 yards. He did, right? One catch for 18 yards. He looks fast. He looks like a talented player. He looks like he wants to take on contact. He looks aggressive. He looks quick. I just, I don't know. This Bucks offense really... Left me feeling sad. All right, listen, guys, it's, it's week one, all right? I said this to Jamie on the radio show last night. Yeah, but it's Jameis Tra- again. Travis Kelsey had one catch for six yards in week one last, last season. Uh, and then he had one of the best tight end seasons we've ever had. I believe at one point the Buccaneers, the Jaguars, and the Dolphins were like the story of the NFL because they were the three Florida teams, and they were really good, and none of them made the playoffs. Uh, how about Ryan Fitzpatrick threw for 400 yards three straight games? So... Let's not get too down on these guys, these players after week one. Um, we'll, we'll talk about some losers, though, when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Losers! 
here on Fantasy Football Today. Uh, all right, so Heath, you gave me, I asked you this like halftime of the late games, and you said Arizona <laughs> was your loser. Great, great fourth quarter in overtime. It's fitting. What do you think? Uh, what I tweeted after the game was that a tie was the perfect outcome because there will be no victory laps yet on the Arizona Cardinals offense. Uh, they looked absolutely awful until they were down three scores or two and a half scores or whatever you want to call it. And then they made a great comeback. Uh, Kyler did a, his br- best Blake Bortles impersonation. Um, I don't know yet. Still, it was encouraging how many touches David Johnson got. I think they did re- end up running like 75 to 80 plays. It just took him five quarters to do it. David and Johnson, yeah. yeah, 18 carries, 82 yards, six catches, 55 yards and a touchdown for David Johnson. Really good. Fitzgerald had a huge game and that was about it. And Kyler Murray, I think had 25 fantasy points. So, um, all right, David Johnson, do you feel like he's a first round player right now? I yes. still don't. No. Jamie said yes. Yeah. Okay. Heath, your other loser is Tyler Lockett. One catch, and of course it was a 44-yard touchdown. Yeah, uh, I guess he's now averaging uh, 22 yards per target. The 13 from last year wasn't good enough. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to make too much out of it, but it's a trend that we've seen for three years, and I expected that with Doug Baldwin gone, he would move into that number one role and see 20-plus percent of the team's targets, and that was DK Metcalf instead of him in this game. Uh, if that turns into a two or three week trend, then we're all going to feel silly for being so excited about Tyler Lockett. How about 45 plays for the Seattle offense? 25 runs, including Russell Wilson with four attempts, and then only 20 pass attempts. I, I think they'll get more plays than that on a weekly basis. So don't don't rush Tyler Lockett off your team anytime soon. Yeah. And you've fact, had, oh, no, you're not him. dropping him. It's just. No, no, no. I'm not talking about dropping him. I'm talking about. Just trying to trade him for, you know, A.J. Brown or something hasty like that. Don't do that. He'll be fine. Yeah, but also like, hey, D.K. Metcalf, you know what I mean? You know? For, uh, what I, good, I, good. good call by you. I said six for 80 and a touchdown. That was my uh, my bold prediction on the radio show. He had four catches for 89 yards on six touchdowns, on six targets. He did not score a touchdown, so he is losing the bet right now. Um, Dave, who would two, who would be your two losers? Let's start with Corey Davis. On a day when Marcus Mariota throws for almost 250 yards and three touchdowns, he doesn't have a catch. Disappointing. And A.J. Brown looked good. I know that he's probably not going to have a lot of 100-yard games, especially if he's only getting four targets, but he's making moves out there that were pretty impressive. You want to talk about an eye-opener. So I think he was a loser, and I think Kenyon Drake, and this just goes for all the Dolphins, big, stinking losers. Flores talked about unleashing him and giving him tons of touches. I think he had two catches and five carries, and I know they got behind early. It's still sucky. They're going to be behind early a lot this year. Four carries, and and not even 20 minutes of possession for the Dolphins. This was a really bad matchup for them because Heath mentioned Ravens just take the air out of the ball. But every every matchup's going to be pretty bad for them. They are bad. It's going to be interesting to see in 10-team uh, leagues how many people drop Kenny Drake. What would you say if I said, I'm in a 10-team league, should I oh, drop Kenny Drake? Too soon, too soon, but uh, it's going to happen. I mean, you know, you're going to have some some teams that have injuries that are maybe carrying Melvin Gordon or carrying um, AJ Green, you know, and and lost Tevin Coleman or lost Joe Mixon, and they just don't have anybody that they really want to get rid of. You really want to trust a Dolphins player right now? Right. Okay. The only person that looked good, the only player that really looked good to me was Devontae Parker. Three catches, seventy-five yards on seven targets. Preston Williams caught a wide-open touchdown, and uh, Albert Wilson was invisible. 
Did Albert Wilson get hurt in that game? Or am I doesn't matter. That up? No, it doesn't matter. Okay, Jamie, I hope who are you? He's your... okay for his for his health, but I mean, for our purposes, it doesn't right. matter. For fantasy purposes, Jamie, who are your two losers? Well, uh, the two quarterbacks, Jameis Winston and Baker Mayfield. You know, two guys that I was expecting to have breakout performances this season, which I think they still can. But this was just so frustrating to watch. Um, Jameis looked absolutely lost, and if there was a Ryan Fitzpatrick on the roster, he would have been playing in the second half after the way Baker, uh, Baker, excuse me, after the way Jameis performed. It was just an absolutely atrocious performance in a home game against a San Francisco defense. You said it, Adam. They had two interceptions last year. They had three in this game, and you know I know they they spent a lot of capital on their defense, whether through the draft or free agency. Uh, I, I doesn't matter. This was this was on Jameis, just looking completely absolutely lost and then baker mayfield that offensive line i was a little bit worried about it uh played itself into the game today five sacks for him um he also struggled you know some bad throws uh home game against a good defense i mean the titans were going to make things tough on on this cleveland offense but to this extent was a little bit surprising that they were able to contain this passing game and 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 frustrate baker mayfield the way they did yeah mayfield ended up with 11 fantasy points he's at the jets next week and i i just don't believe they have a good secondary and i think it was exploited by josh allen late in the game um, but yeah, Mayfield, the sacks you mentioned, they lost two left tackles in this game. So their, their offensive line could be in really bad shape next week against the Jets. And you least, say, well, you say they they'll don't get one of them back next week. One was kicked out. You say they don't uh-huh. have a good secondary for the Jets. They're facing a guy that's going to be really pissed off. And Greg Williams, who's going to know everything about this team. They're in. Oh yeah. So it could be tough on Baker two weeks in a row. Oh yeah. But Beckham that's though, a great call. Be- Beckham Monday night in that stadium. Now. Nah, okay. Well, <laughs> that's a Monday night, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, can't wait for it. Cleveland, Cleveland at the Jets. By the way, they're uh, they now have one opening day win, one week one win in their last twenty one seasons. The Browns, they're one nineteen and one, I believe. All right, um, bonus loser, carry on Johnson. I just you know uh-huh. sixteen carries, forty nine yards. C.J. Anderson at eleven carries for thirty five yards. I don't like that split. I don't like that split. It's just a little bit too even for me. It's too close. Agreed. This was disappointing. Stafford took things into his own hands, too. Almost mm-hmm. 400 yards and three touchdowns, 45 pass attempts. But still, you say 16 carries against this Arizona defense. He should have. He should have. You're absolutely right. 18 total touches. How about only two targets? They could have gotten him involved more in the passing game, and they didn't. They, All those numbers they, went they to Amendola and Hawkinson. Yeah. Oy. And it was an overtime game, too. Uh, 50, uh, 10 minutes of overtime as well, so 18 mm-hmm. touches in, in the extended time. Okay, uh, some news and notes for you. Carolina left tackle Greg Middle. Uh, Greg Little missed the game with a concussion. I don't know that there was a more disappointing fantasy game than than the Rams-Panthers game. Just like McCaffrey. Who else did well? Uh, uh, Thursday. Packers-Bears. I was just... Uh, I'm, I'm strictly Tampa on Bay, San Francisco? No, I don't think so. Like, those guys are all... Uh, Jameis, Evans, Howard. Those guys are all Coleman. like... Coleman. <laughs> all right, I, I see your point. But... This was really bad. Like Goff, Goff and Cam were really disappointing. I will, I, I'll give you Tampa Bay. I'll give you Tampa Bay, San Francisco. I wonder the one thing though with with Tampa Bay is you know dealing with the stomach bug. I wonder how much it impacted them. I, for Mike Evans' sake, you know. I mean, they gave me a stomach bug after watching it, but I, I just wonder if if how much of it. Mike Evans didn't practice at the end of the week. You know, defensive guys as well. I don't know exactly. I think they said eight guys were dealing with the stomach bug. You do. You just wonder if it. Left left them less than what they physically could have been. I'll I'll bring this up. It it took I think it took a little while for Carson Palmer to really get the nuances of Bruce Arians' system. 
it's just something to keep an eye on, you know, going forward. It is a new system for it, them. If you're interested in that, we're actually going to have Carson Palmer on CBS Sports HQ on Fantasy Football today on Tuesday. Ooh, I am interested. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm going to ask him about that. LaShawn McCoy's 31-yard run was longer than any carry he had last season. Leonard Fournette lost a fumble for the first time in his career. Jacksonville defensive tackle Marcel Darius was inactive. And they lost Quincy Williams, a rookie linebacker with a knee injury. So their run defense was depleted. Speaking of which, the Jets lost C.J. Mosley with a groin injury, and it completely changed the game. Once the Bills started going to Devin Singletary and Mosley was out, completely changed the game. Um, uh, don't forget for the Jaguars, Miles Jack was ejected. That's true. Yep. For throwing a punch. So the Chiefs really aren't that good. Washington... <laughs> Washington defensive tackle Jonathan Allen left in the first half, and then defensive lineman Caleb Brantley left in the fourth quarter. Rams safety Eric Weddle left with a bloody head. He's a very WWE. Albert mm-hmm. Wilson did leave with an injury. Um, Jalen Ramsey limped off the field in the third quarter. I think he came back. Uh, Darius Leonard got hurt. Did Darius Leonard come back for the Colts? I believe yes. So. Okay. Cleveland running back Dontrell Hilliard, who for some reason got a touchdown carry, he left with a concussion. Could have, oh, that was so annoying. Yeah, it would have been a nice game for Nick Chubb if he had gotten that. Absolutely. Yeah. They get first and goal at the one, and you see them running in, and everybody thinks it's Chubb that runs it in. Then all of a sudden you see a number that's not Nick Chubb's number as the guy jumps into the stands, and it's Hilliard. It's irritating. All right, so Stupid I want to get to the games within the next five minutes or so. So let's do this. Let's take a look at the top five at each position and give an instant reaction all right, top five quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, 41 fantasy points. He threw for 405 yards and four touchdowns. He barely had any rushing yards. He didn't need them against the Giants. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Matthew Stafford, Case Keenum, and Patrick Mahomes. I knew I should have started Keenum. Um, yeah, uh, so Heath, what do you think about Dak? I was very impressed with this new offense. There is a lot of movement before the snap. They're getting guys wide open. It's more creative. I'm not so sure that this is just the Giants having a bad defense. Dak may be in for a career year. Uh, We should mention big winner, Michael Gallup. I mean, you know, you want to talk about a guy that built off a strong preseason. He looked awesome. Yeah, and and Troy Aikman on the broadcast said that he thinks Michael Gallup, I think he said he's a special player. So it's possible that there's, there's something big there. And they look, they they did throw the ball a lot more than run it. You know, they didn't really run Zeke into the ground like they usually do. I don't know if Dak's big game is partially because they didn't have, you know, the real Zeke, but it was a very nice start. I, I just think there's a chance with this new offensive coordinator, they may not run the ball quite as much as they used to. I just think that if there's a former Cowboys broadcaster that says something, Adam will believe it leaps and bounds. Well, I feel like 100%. he's probably pretty plugged into the team. Well, How I have mean, we not that, talked about he, Jason Witten's touchdown? Uh, Jason well, Witten. He owns the Giants. I mean, if Jason Witten had done that on Monday, it would have been his best Monday night performance in over a year. Wow, so, you. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know I liked him. Um, Stafford took advantage of the matchup, but he you know, Stafford was a solid, not great, but solid quarterback before the Golden Tate trade and before breaking his back last year. Let's go to the running backs, the top five running backs, where McCaffrey, Eckler, Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, and one guy we haven't talked about. This guy is a stud. He is a great player, and if he stays healthy, Dalvin Cook is going to crush it, guys. Agreed? Agreed. He looked amazing. The offense is great for him. It's that whole Kubiak, Shanahan, West Coast style, and they gave him 21 carries. 
Kirk Cousins only attempted 10 passes in the <laughs> game. It's ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. He, uh, he's, he's, he's great. Uh, can I tell you a, a perform another performance that really grinds? You know what really grinds my gears? That Matt Ryan ended up with like 22-ish, 24 fantasy points or whatever. He just yeah. didn't deserve yes. it. Yes. Oh, Ryan and Kyler right. Murray, same thing. Yep, right. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, wide receivers, top five. Sammy Watkins, John Ross, Deshaun Jackson, Marquise Brown. And how about T.Y. Hilton, tied with DJ Chark, but actually better in PPR. Heath, what did you make of T.Y. Hilton? Eight catches, 87 yards, and two touchdowns, and a, pr- a pretty good day for Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, very nice uh, play on the second touchdown that Jacoby Brissett didn't deserve at all. T.Y. Hilton did it all by himself. <laughs> and uh, it, it was a very, very good performance. Listen, I, I have some questions about this Chargers defense after this performance. Like, there's a lot of things that happened in week one that we just don't know how much of it was this side of the ball or this side of the ball. And with the injuries that the Chargers have, I'm a little bit concerned that their defense might just be not very good. But it was a great day for Hilton. Great start. Cool. Brissett may not have deserved that touchdown, but he had another one taken away when Eric Ebron couldn't hold on to the ball in what? the end zone. It was, it was a great throw, but it just kind of fell out of his hands as he went to the ground. See, uh, you know what? Like, I was going to text the group, like, I guarantee Heath tweets about Eric Ebron dropping a touchdown, but I didn't have a chance. Did you, in fact, tweet about Eric Ebron dropping a touchdown? I, I did not tweet about Eric Ebron dropping a touchdown. Wow, that's that's an upset. All right, well, Ebron was not a top five tight end. Hawkinson was. Evan Ingram, 11 catches. Actually, number one in PPR. Hawkinson, number one in non-PPR. 11 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Delaney Walker, ladies and gentlemen, five catches, 52 yards, and two touchdowns. Mark Andrews and Vernon Davis. Those are, yeah, Vernon Davis. Those are your top five tight ends. Big Vern. Then you had uh, you had three guys with thirty to forty yards and a touchdown and three or four catches. That's like that's tight end for you. That's Najoku, Blake Jarwin, and Jimmy Graham on Thursday. But uh, how about Mark Andrews, guys? Eight catches, one hundred eight yards, and a touchdown, and mm-hmm. impressive thoughts. Thirty-one snaps it, it played. I'm weird. checking to see how many of it them were, the, were third downs. Go ahead, Ethan. Right, because he was the third tight end to catch a pass in Baltimore. Mm. Um, and his touchdown came from RG3, I think. Yes. Yeah, this this might be one that, that you could maybe look to sell high on. What do you think? I think it just depends on what your tight end situation is. If he's your only guy, I don't know if you want to get rid of him now with the way Lamar Jackson looks. I'm trying to think if there's like... If he's a second guy, then absolutely you saw it. Austin Hooper yeah. also had a, a nice game. Austin Hooper did and have nine a nice catches, game. right? Yeah. He must, yeah, nine catches, 77 yards. So he was not a top five tight end in non-PPR, but in PPR, he he probably was. He was probably right there. Um, and Travis Kelsey, three catches, 88 yards. That was good. Travis Kelsey ha- could have had two touchdowns. He was out of bounds on one, and, and somehow uh, Mahomes just missed him wide open for a touchdown. Uh, anything to say on Delaney Walker? Five for 55 and two. George Kittle also with the weird stat line in catches for 54 yards. And had a touchdown called back. Two, two freaking Kittle. touchdowns, I think. Yeah. Two touchdowns for Kittle called back. Both would have been Garoppolo touchdowns. Neither drive ended in a touchdown. So some points that they... In fact, George Kittle, I'm pretty sure, had two called back. And Cameron Braid also had two called back. Braid's were on he the did. same drive. So yep. that was weird. Uh, hey, listen. Delaney was always going to be the huggy bear for Mariota. Six targets led the team. Five catches led the team. 
couple of scores. Okay. Yeah. He was good. He's going to be good. Yeah, he's going to be good, but he's not going to be great, right? I don't think he's going to be two touchdowns good each week or even one touchdown good each no, week. No, but five for but 50. startable, top 10. Yep. He's going to be a top 10 tight end. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the we'll game. start him next week against the Colts. Buffalo 17, Jets 16. Josh Allen, 58% owned. Sam Darnold, 45% owned. And Allen ends up with 17 fantasy points. Darnold with 15. The, the Jets offense, it just they could not get going. And they missed Robbie Anderson a couple times on potential big plays where he had a step. Do you think Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, we were pretty excited about Darnold. Do you think we should be patient with them and, and look at them as number two quarterbacks? I mean, I think Allen, you know, showed you that you can start him and be, you know, good with the chance to potentially be great. One of the interceptions was not his fault, the one that was a pick six. So you take that off of his plate, you know, he's still going to run, which is encouraging, you know, 10 attempts. Um, you know, he's got the chance to score multiple touchdowns on a week-to-week basis. It's just a matter of how much he can limit the turnover. So he's not a top 12 type of guy, but he can be in that top 15 conversation, especially with the next couple of games against the Bengals and the Giants. Who do you think will be a better PPR player? Jamison Crowder, who had 14 catches for 99 yards, or Devin Singletary. Uh, you know, not like who's going to be think, who's going to be better catch more passes or anything, but like who would you take first in a PPR league? I think a better comparison to the two receivers, Crowder and Brown in PPR. Okay. I Go don't think Jamison Crowder is going to get 17 targets every week, but could he get 10 targets a week? Definitely. No, I mean, this he is, can't get. No, he is, cannot get ten targets a week. He cannot be. He, get well, I mean, he is not going to be on a hundred and sixty target pace. There's no if, way. If, if, if he does, he's not gonna get, okay, fine. he's not going to get ten, but he can get, he can get eight. And if you just go by, based on what Adam Gase's track record is with his slot receivers, you know the three years he was in Miami, there was no team that targeted the slot more. He won't end up right, with I mean, 160 because he's going to end up getting hurt. That's why James Crowder right. isn't going to do it. But for but now, he's if he's getting the Jarvis Landry role, he's going to be close to that. Yeah, I just like that's that's a lot. Jameson Crowder's not getting 160 targets. I I feel comfortable saying that. Um, he's 47 percent cool. over. Well, he's already 11 10 percent of the way there. <laughs> he is that good after one game. Yeah, he's 47 percent on though. No. Like, is he legit? Yes, absolutely. In PPR and non PPR, I'm you know. Can I just James say, like, how how often have we been fooled by Jamison Crowder? We were taking him a couple a years ago as a mid-round a pick. But how many games, how many times have we seen him get this many targets in a game? How many times yeah. have we seen him look good in the preseason for a team that knows how to use him? He's got a role. It's laid out. This team is going to throw the ball a bunch every week. You're not going to have a lot of weeks where Le'Veon Bell and Ty Montgomery combined for 30 carries. It's just not going to happen. They're going to throw the ball a lot, and they're going to spread it around. I like what they're doing. It's going to be, he's going to get a lot of uh, attention. I, I do not like what they're doing. <laughs> it's tough for fantasy. What don't you yeah. like about it? Well, it's, it's not just tough for fantasy. It's like throw the ball to Robbie Anderson and throw the ball to Le'Veon Bell and stop throwing the ball to Jamison Crowder so much. Well, I mean, you're 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 nine targets. Targets. four Robbie yards Allen. per target. Right. Le'Veon Bell had nine targets. I mean, how many running backs are going to do that? Not many. And they tried to get Robbie going. They just missed a couple of times. Robbie had the toughest matchup of the, of the guys on the field. Yeah, look, they, they honestly could have had a big day with Robbie Anderson. He, he almost came down with one of the end zone. It was knocked away late in the game. There was a ball under throw, and he had a step. So I, I wouldn't freak out about him. And then I, I think, look, this game I was watching. I was watching this game, you know, on my laptop. I had red zone on the, on the TV. And, uh, by the way, good job to CBS All Access for streaming. And bad job by Fox Sports Go. You suck. 
Could not get any game. Could not watch the Giants lose. Pathetic. Um, anyway, uh, Devin Singletary changed the game. Frank Gore was doing nothing. It, like, shame on them for not going to Devin Singletary earlier in the game. It was ridiculous. Yeah. So it's, and it's ridiculous. If we're going to talk about the coaches watching film and then reacting to it in Kansas City, hopefully they do the same thing in Buffalo. And they say, okay, Frank Gore's got 20 yards on 11 carries, and Singletary had carries for 23 yards, 20 yards, and 15 yards. And he finished with 70 yards on four carries and 28 yards on five catches. All right, next up. It's, it's going to happen sooner than later for Singletary. We got Tennessee 43 and Cleveland 13. Uh, Marcus Mariota with the big game and obviously the struggles for Mayfield. Is there anything we have not talked about in this game? Beckham, Landry, we haven't really gotten to them. What do we got? Beckham was fine. I mean, you know, not the huge game, clearly, that a lot of people were hoping for. But, you know, if he's going to get 11 targets, lead the team in, in, in targets in that, you know, wide of a margin, you know, four over Landry and five over Najoku, you're going to be happy with the production that comes. It'll get better once they figure out the offensive line. Getting the left tackle back next week after he doesn't get after he got kicked out this week, I think it'll help. And don't chase AJ Brown. He's a good flyer if you have an empty roster spot, but he's going to be behind a ton of guys in terms of picking up off waivers. Okay, he's seven percent owned. Uh, Heath, let's go to Baltimore fifty nine and Miami ten. I don't know if there's anything else from this game. Uh, you know, Justice Hill had seven carries. He had only two of them in the first half. Gus Edwards had seventeen carries. I think ten or 11 of them came in the second half. So how about Mark Ingram then? 14 carries for 107 yards and two touchdowns. He got short yardage touchdowns. And Lamar Jackson didn't really run the ball at all, really. Three carries for six yards. (laughs) So I guess your overall take on the running game for the Ravens. Well, I was very excited Lamar Jackson didn't run the ball. This game was over halfway through the first quarter. Don't expose yourself to hits. I don't expect that's going to be the plan moving forward in competitive games. Uh, Mark Ingram looked great, and his job is going to be much, much easier if he not only has the threat of Lamar Jackson running, but also has the threat of Jackson going over the top like that. I may have been too low on Jackson. He might be a top 15, or Ingram might be a top 15 running back. They won't be this good, but if they're this, if they are really improved in the passing game, I think Justice Hill, what you saw is he's just a stash. If Mark Ingram's healthy, right now Gus Edwards is more valuable than Justice Hill is. But Justice Hill is the home run that you want to have on your bench just in case something happens to Ingram. How high on the waiver wire priority will Devontae Parker be? Low. Very low. Okay. Low. Kansas City 40 and Jacksonville 16. Uh, You know, Leonard Fournette, you're not going to argue with 17 touches. He had 13 carries. As a team, Jacksonville had 14 carries. Like, do we care about his yards per carry? Like, do, do, we, do, we, we, do we concern ourselves at all that Leonard Fournette did not do more against the Kansas City Chiefs when his, the two quarterbacks were, like, lighting the Chiefs up and they don't have a good defense? No, I'm not concerned. 50, yeah, I'm an idiot. I mean, 5.1 yards per carry. I don't know what I'm complaining about. It just wasn't. It didn't end up being a great game for him. I didn't really have anything else know, to add but if, to this game. If, if, you, if you take out the fumble, like you said, it's the first time he's fumbled. It's, you know, over 90 total yards. And, you know, the four catches on six targets is encouraging. There's nobody that's going to take him off the field. He, he's right. going to be the, the focal point of this offense even more now without Foles there. And so we'll see how the Texans defense comes out of this game against New Orleans. Probably going to look bad. And so can he have the opportunity with a different quarterback who looked really good 
But hopefully, you know, it doesn't sink the offense. And I do think that getting Cam Robinson back when he eventually does play as a left tackle will help this offensive line, too. Okay, yeah. For, sorry about that, Fournette thing. I'm searching for storylines. He just didn't have, like, a big play. His, his longest play was a 14-yard game. All right, we'll go to our next game here. It's Philadelphia 32 and Washington 27. How about the rookie and second-year running backs in this game? Miles Sanders and Darius Geis really doing nothing. Sanders, 11 carries for 25 yards, one catch for two yards. Geis, 10 carries yeah, for 18 touchdown call back, though. He did, and and when he got in the open field, he looked pretty good. But Sproles was better. Jordan Howard was better. Geis was awful, and Adrian Peterson was inactive. And then, yeah, this was great if you took a flyer on Chris Thompson, who you probably didn't. I think he was starting in 2% of leagues. Uh, but he had four catches on the final drive of the game. He ended up with seven catches for 68 yards, and Thompson's 46% owned. But I, I specifically want to know what you guys think about Geis and Sanders right now, and who would you rather have going forward? Sanders. It's not even particularly close. This is what I was worried about with Darius Geis, is that he's he's a good talent on a bad team. The offensive line stinks. I know the pass are through for 380 yards and three touchdowns, and, and they were in a competitive game, but it's still not... that You're not going to see that again from Case Keenum. He, that's not what Case Keenum yeah. does. I, mm-hmm. I just, like, I had these guys really, really close before this game and before the season. And one of them had 13 touches for 38 yards, and one of them had 12 touches for 27 yards. So I don't know why the guy with 12 for 27 would now be way ahead of the other guy. Yeah, I'll take take guys. I'll take guys. Now, eventually, Sanders will be the better back in Philly, and there won't be three guys. Or they'll trade for Melvin Gordon, which could be a possibility. We haven't done that yet. There's always been three guys in Philadelphia. No, well, Josh Adams. The factor really... This pros factor really annoys me. Yeah, it is annoying. It is. But Josh Adams did get the workload last year for like three or four games. But you're right. But that's because I mean, everybody was hurt. For the most part, that has been the case. Guys, I really think the Eagles are going to have a very good run defense this year. Um, Agreed. So, you know, there's that. He had 10 carries and, and Thompson had three. Uh, they just didn't really have a lot of carries. Okay, Carson Wentz was awesome. Deshaun Jackson's going to do really good things for him. And, and you know, Carson Wentz actually should have had a fourth touchdown. He threw one to Alshon Jeffrey. It was considered a rushing touchdown. So that did yep. not count for Wentz, or he would have had 36 fantasy It was points. a lateral. Yeah, yep. it was annoying. Um, Minnesota 28 and Atlanta 12. Any panic on Devontae Freeman? Eight carries, 19 yards, three catches for 12 yards, and he fumbled. Any uh, worries at all about Freeman? Uh, I don't have him on any of my teams, but even if I did, I wouldn't freak out because this is this is basically Atlanta's toughest matchup of the season. Said that going in, and it proved to be that way. They only scored 12 points in the game. Next week, it's Philadelphia. That's not easy. Then it's Indianapolis, Tennessee, Houston, Arizona. It'll get better. Okay. So... What, the Kirk Cousins throwing 10 passes. Like, they got out to a 28 nothing lead. I, I know we were concerned about his pass volume as it related to Diggs and Thielen. What do we make of Heath, 10 passes. Unbelievable. Well, that I don't think that's um, something you should expect moving forward. It was a clear outlier. But, it like, that's exactly what we were worried about. And it's exactly the reason we were worried about the passing game. And this doesn't make me feel any better about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think unless they fall behind in games, you're going to see them be one of the more run-heavy teams in the league. That's what they want to do. Jamie, let's, until Cook gets hurt. Uh, Jamie, let's go Rams and Panthers here. Rams 30, Panthers 27. And any anything to say about Goff and Cam? Don't panic. 
you know, I mean, these are uh, these are still good quarterbacks with a chance to be great. Uh, for Goff, you know, you wonder if this is the shake the rust off game after not playing in the preseason. For Cam, it's the first game since he had the foot injury. So I wouldn't panic. I think there's great situations ahead for both. I'm going to love Cam next week on Thursday night against that Bucks defense at home. And the same thing for Goff. You know, we'll see what happens with the Saints defense coming out of a Monday night game. But short week having to travel. So uh, I think both guys are still going to be very good fantasy quarterbacks. Are you worried about Curtis Samuel? DJ Moore was a lot more involved. He had uh, six more targets, and he had 44 more yards. I'm I'm worried about Samuel as it relates to Olsen more so than Moore. Because I expect DJ Moore to get this type of volume on a weekly basis. Olsen had nine targets in the game. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if he's going to do a number on the rest of these other guys and kind of force Samuel to be a peripheral part of the offense, which would be disappointing. Chargers 30, Colts 24. We've really talked about Mack. We talked about Hilton, Ebron. We haven't really talked about Phillip Rivers. 29 fantasy points at Detroit next week. And pretty good. But also uh, Mike Williams leaving with the knee injury. He was not having a good game. Two catches, 29 yards on three targets. Uh, yeah, is Phillip Rivers just same old reliable? You can start him if you need, if you need a quarterback kind of guy. Sure, but it helps when you're throwing dinks and dunks to Austin Eckler and letting him make plays. Yeah. But what that, a terrible interception he had. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a great interception by Hooker. Well, I mean, the, the catch was great. Yeah. The read was terrible. Yeah, the read was bad. Well, you know, he's a young guy. Almost cost them the game. <laughs> uh, are you hmm. going to drop Eric Ebron, who got three targets and dropped a touchdown? Uh, yes, for, for Hawkinson, you have to. Well, Hawkinson's owned in too many leagues. I, I think sure. you're, you're looking at, I mean, you know, Mark Andrews, maybe. If he's out there, I would take him. Um, depending on how long Jordan Reed is out, I'd probably take Vernon Davis at this point. Um, you know, we'll see what uh, Darren Waller does. You know, he's going to have an opportunity to play well now without Antonio Brown there. So there, there's going to be some tight end options available. Too. Hawkinson is 76% on, so he is not quite owned enough. He's going to have to be closer to 100%. He will. Seattle 21, Cincinnati 20, Heath. So, um, you know, Joe Mixon, I know he left with an ankle injury, but he was having a terrible game anyway. I mean, eight touches, 17 total yards. What do you think about uh, Joe Mixon right now? Any change? Uh, Team Geo. Uh, no, I, I <laughs> think that he'll be fine. This is a bad matchup in Seattle. I hope that his ankle's okay. But if it's not, we're going to start. Uh, we're going to start Giovanni Bernard. It's believed to be just an ankle sprain, according to NFL Network. There's some swelling, but early reports are optimistic. There will be tests. I, one thing I will look be looking into is that how many touches did Gio have before Mixon went out? It was like eight zero then, or did Gio already have some? I have. I honestly don't know. I I will look that up though. Uh, we do know that Gio is really good when Mixon's out, should be again. They have San Francisco next week, then they're at Buffalo. Uh, Dallas 35, Giants 17. Ugh. So. Uh, Saquon Barkley's really good at football. He mm -hmm. is awesome. Yeah, he's great. I, I don't really, like, I don't know what to make of Sterling Shepard because, like, you know, first four games without Golden Tate, you get excited about him, but I had brought this up several times. Like I thought his matchups were terrible. Dallas, Buffalo, at Tampa Bay, and then Washington. There's only one game there that looks like a great matchup. That's at Tampa Bay. But Shepard had a pretty bad game. Six catches for 42 yards on seven targets. Yeah, he just couldn't get. He couldn't break away on any of the catches that he had. 
I think I think most of us would be okay with six catches from Sterling Shepard, but we'd expect forty more yards. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Twelve yards per catch. So how about Randall Cobb? Four catches, sixty-nine yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, it's the Giants. It it is the Giants. I think it. Is, I do think it's interesting that Cobb, Witten, and Jarwin all scored for the Cowboys, and these are theoretically short area targets for Prescott to lean on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gallup's going to be one of the top waiver wire claims, and he should be. You think so? You're buying into it? Uh, he he looked great. If this pa- the only question is how many weeks are we going to see where Dak throws for 400 yards on 32 attempts? Well, obviously, I don't not know how many throw. there will be because no. I think I think Zeke can ramp up too. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, They're going to be 400 able to yards. a bunch of different ways. 400 yards, no, but 32 attempts. There's no reason why. Fine, 300 yards. Yeah, Dak can have 300 yards pretty often. I don't know. He's facing he's facing a Redskins defense next week that just gave up 300 yards to Carson. Oh yeah, well after that he plays Miami, so there. <laughs> <laughs> Get Michael uh, Gallup now. Okay, he he does have a couple tough games after that Dolphins game, but yes, get Gallup. Dak's too high owned, I would imagine at this point. Yes, so can't get him unless you know you want to trade for him on the cheap. You're tired of Winston already. Mayfield scaring you. Go get Prescott. So yeah, and and by the way, like I do think the Giants are going to be really bad against secondary options. This was a good opportunity for Michael Gallup. They have Janoris Jenkins and a bunch of crap. So that's just something to keep in mind next week. I don't know what that means for the Bills, but it's something to keep in mind going forward. Detroit at Arizona. This game ended in a tie. Uh, what do you what do you make of this game? Um, what haven't we talked about? How about Larry Fitzgerald and his 100-yard performance with a touchdown, 113 yards and a touchdown? He came alive in the second half. Yes, he did. I mean, it was, you know, uh, Pete Prisco Drink has been talking about this since he saw them, that they kept saying that Larry Fitzgerald looks younger, that he's going to have the chance to, uh, you know, sort of rejuvenate himself with this new offense and the new quarterback. And it was the same old, same old for the first half that we saw in the preseason. And then all of a sudden, you know, I don't know if Detroit just took their foot off the gas or the Cardinals made some adjustments. But, you know, Kyler Murray looked a lot better. Uh, 54 pass attempts I don't think is going to be the norm if they would have their way. But, um, you know, Fitzgerald playing like he did had a lot of clutch catches in the fourth quarter. And so if you're looking at the Cardinals receiver to own, he's the guy. He had nine yards through the first three quarters, and he finished with 113. That's that's most of their offense, though. I think they, they had 100 total yards through the first three quarters, I believe. Yeah, they looked horrendous. It was it was laughable. I felt like such a heel for buying into the Cardinals offense, and then they finally turned it up. And maybe yeah. it was because they were playing from behind and the Lions were kind of playing back, and it, it cost the Lions a win. They also the Lions also called a timeout that cost them a win. Uh, it blew a third down conversion mm-hmm. that they they would have picked up the first down and probably won the game, and they had to run the play over and they did not pick up the first down and just like Matt Patricia is just that's a that was a really bad start for a guy who's on the hot seat. So who would you rather have, Larry Fitzgerald or Michael Gallup? Fitz. Yeah, still Fitzgerald. Yeah, I guess. Are there any rookie wide receivers you prefer to Fitzgerald? I'd love to speculate on Brown in Baltimore. No. The, fact, the, 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 the minimal snaps that he played definitely scares me, but he's, he could end up being Tyreek Hill-esque, where it just doesn't matter who he plays. If he gets open and the ball's thrown near him, it's a touchdown. I'll still take this, Joe. Okay. San Francisco 31, Tampa Bay 17, our final game. I did not think Jimmy Garoppolo looked very good, guys. Obviously, that hurts me because he's my guy. 
he did have two touchdown passes called back. He could have had a huge game, but I just he just didn't look very sharp to me. 166 stinking yards at Tampa Bay. He gets Cincinnati next week. But um, I think a lot of people will be dropping Garoppolo, and I, I can't really fight it. How about you? Good Garoppolo. Good Garoppolo. Mm. <laughs> my uh, podcast league team is named uh, Shaheen Garoppolo. Like Janine Garofalo. No, sh- yeah, yeah, like Janine Garofalo. Shaheen Garofalo. Yeah, what well, do you have to explain it? You know, it's great. But, okay. I think he's droppable for a number of players at other positions who have some appeal following week one. Case Keenum. No. What? Dante Pettis, 76% owned. One target, two snaps. What's going on here? What the heck? He's not. Did he get hurt? That good. He didn't get hurt. They said it's the limited snaps. He had been a little banged up, I guess. That's the way I interpreted it. And I don't know. It's like they're yeah. trying to make him prove something. What the hell? You can't prove something when you have I don't know what snaps. they're doing with their receiving core. They're just mixing and matching all these guys, and no one's doing anything no great. Because one. they don't have an answer. They're trying to find one. Right. They have Richie James, who scored out of the slot. One catch, 39 yards. All right. How big of a priority is Ronald Jones at 46% owned? I mean, if you don't have Tevin Coleman and you don't have Joe Mixon, he's going to be a big priority. Well, if you have everybody, if you're fine at running back, how big of a priority is Ronald Jones? I, I, I think it just, you know, if you don't have any needs for your roster, he should be among the top guys at it, absolutely. Okay. All right, guys, thank you. Good show. So we have a show coming up on Monday, early evening. Get you some injury updates and uh, some fantasy reactions from Will, some advanced stats uh, from Chris Towers. Looking forward to it. And we'll have a bonus. You know what Antonio Brown said yeah, to the Raiders? Yeah, we'll have an Ambo- uh, Antonio Brown bonus podcast at some you point. Go back. <laughs> and you know what they said to him, Dave? What they said? Oh. They said, da, 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 da,